Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me, as always, is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want, exactly as they want, across the nation and worldwide since 1993, and that's Steve Tuma. How you doing, Steve? Excellent. It's a great day today, and uh, hello out there, panelized home building world. <laughs> what do you say we talk about uh, panelized home building? I think that's a good place to start. I think I know a few things about it. <laughs> I think you do. Um, one of the things we're being uh, asked about in uh, uh, customers and potential customers um, writing in um, is, uh, is is about the building planning phases, the different uh, phases uh, after you've... Um, uh, you decide to build a house and you want to uh you want to start designing and and uh, understanding that whole process uh do a lot a lot of people i imagine just figure you can grab a piece of paper or a, a napkin at a restaurant and and uh, design a home by drawing it on a piece of paper and i would imagine it's a little more complex than that well the initial concept can start there you know because someone might have an idea of Hey, I want to build a 2,000 square foot ranch with a three car garage, a gaming room, a home theater, a master suite, you know, a big eat in kitchen or, or a kitchen with a, you know, a peninsula or an island or something like that. So, yeah, they could draw it up. But sometimes where that falls short, falls short is that people don't always realize that there's details that go into the plans. So sometimes they'll go through and say, well, I drew this house and it's 40 feet by 30 feet. But Steve, when Landmark drew the plans up for my new panelized home, the rooms weren't the same size, mm -hmm. or the house had to get a little bigger, or whatever it may be. And the reason being, there's certain dimensions for wall thicknesses. There's certain things that have certain codes. So, for example, people will draw a house, say there was a, a 40 foot wide house, and they wanted four rooms, they'll draw it up as being four 10 foot rooms. Hey, that makes sense. It's 40 feet wide. But the issue is they forgot the thickness of the interior and exterior walls. Mm. So you can lose a couple feet in there. And that's that's one of the reasons, just to make sure that the plans are accurate. But there's also code issues. Hallways have to be a certain thickness. Certain amount of space around toilets. Certain amount of space to work in kitchens. Windows have to have certain elements for uh, egress and light and ventilation codes. Ceilings have to be a certain minimum height. Doorways have to be a certain height. So even though you could draw it up with your pencil on a napkin and it all fits, mm. once once you consider all those details, you know the plan can change change a little bit. And uh, mm. a, a lot of you know now it seems like you can go anywhere and buy some you know draw your house software. You can even go online and do it. And people say, well, I drew my plans up. It's like yeah, but that software doesn't make sure it's structurally sound it doesn't make sure the codes are adhered to it doesn't make sure that the plan makes sense right <laughs> it's basically taking your idea so you could get the concept on the paper so then you know we can help you with our complete planning phases and i think that that a lot of this is one of those things of you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. so it's interesting as people start if they're you know just sketch something on a piece of paper and then they see the final set of plans it just happened to me today. Hmm. A customer said, Steve, wow, there's a lot of detail. I didn't even know this. I didn't even think of it. Hmm. And all my friends that said they knew everything didn't tell me about it either. So that that's 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 a, a part of a reason. But the, 
it's not just to make sure it's planned out right. When you go to a contractor and say, hey, can you give me a drywall quote or a heating quote? When they see a real set of plans with real dimensions, they can do a better job to provide you a quote. If someone has just a sketch on a napkin, you know, it's kind of like the idea of garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. You know, so the better information you have, the more serious they're going to take you. You're going to need a real set of plans for a bank to finance if you're using financing. It'll just help you budget your project, schedule it better, and just have a better building experience. So even though people say, hey, plans aren't it, I could buy them for 50 bucks, I can go online and get a copy. You're not just looking for a piece of paper. You're looking for the proper information mm -hmm. to, to, to build in the, the home properly. It pays off. It's kind of, you know, you, you spend a dollar here, you'll save a lot more down the road. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You're talking about these online uh, home designing um, um, programs that you can buy in the software. And it's like watching a major league ball player. You know, they make it look so easy. Oh, I could catch that fly ball to center field but right get out there and try it right yeah. hey this guy just walked up with a stick and hit this ball and it went out of a park and, yeah. and the crowd went wild you know yeah. it took him five seconds why can't i do it in 10 <laughs> it, it's it's similar there there's a, a technique yeah the internet does uh does allow us to deceive ourselves a lot <laughs> well, one of my friends came up with a funny word Stephen. he said yeah a lot of people have internet phds <laughs> you know, and it's you, you can learn a lot, but you got to understand you have to get accurate and valuable information, not just whatever seems to be floating out there for someone else's priorities. Right. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about today, I ask you about, is energy efficiency. I've heard you talk about that in the past, and help help me and help our listeners understand uh, energy efficiency and just what what's involved there. Well, that's another one of these situations where people don't understand. They'll be like, well, my dad built a house 20 years ago, and he just stuck R14 insulation in the wall or R19, whatever it may be, and, mm -hmm. and you do this, and you buy a good window, and you do that, and you, 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 uh, you get it put together. But if you look at the homes of years past, the materials are different. Windows aren't as good, mm -hmm. you know, on air infiltration, on R ratings, on U ratings, and, you know, just a whole variety of ratings. And then... The understanding of knowledge of heat loss and heat gain, the efficiency of uh, hot water heaters, furnaces, air conditioning systems. It's all those details that are important. So what a lot of people sometimes do is, like I mentioned, they know what they know. Mm -hmm. So they revert back to what someone told them or what they think they heard or maybe what they, they saw on a show. But they don't understand that there's actually a little bit of a science to determining how to properly insulate a home. Some people will say, hey, I should put all the insulation in the roof. And in general, that's that's fine if you're in a place where you heat more. But there are actual times where the difference of passing and failing in energy calculation is insulation around your foundation. Hmm. Not a lot of people think about that. They're like, hey, when's the last time I went in my crawl space and laid down there to make sure that it was just comfortable? You know, people don't realize that, hey, it, it still either adds heat or depletes your heat. Mm -hmm. So... That's one of the things that a lot of people say when they, they'll call up. They'll say, hey, Steve, I'll just put R21. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I'm like, you know, wait a second. Let's back up. It's, it's the proper installation of the insulation, but also understanding that insulation, making sure that it's installed properly, making sure that your energy efficiency of the furnace is right, of the hot water heater. Do you, should you go with an instant hot water heater? 
um, details like that, and then just different measures to make sure that the, that it's installed properly. So the, there's a lot more knowledge that is out there. It just doesn't hit the street and everyday person out there building. So again, it's one of these things of the common fallacy compared to the reality of of, of how it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got a job, everyone's got a business, everyone's you know got something that they do in life, and you know what they might hear on the street or through their friends is probably a lot different than the reality in their life when they're being a professional at their job. Mm. So ju- just like the baseball player we're talking about, you don't just walk up to a plate, swing a piece of wood, hit this ball and it goes out of the park. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work and technique in doing it right. And it's the exact same thing with the, uh, the energy efficiency. A lot of people don't realize just the orientation of the house to the sun can affect the energy efficiency of your home, the mm-hmm. color of your roof, the the size of your overhangs. You yeah, know. these are things that people, you know, the average person isn't going to, they're just thinking about, here's the way I want it to look, and I want to open the door and walk in tomorrow, and there's there's so much involved. And, uh, the, you know, your company, uh, Landmark Home and Land Company, the 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 processes that you're able to help customers go through is that goes be above and beyond i mean like i understand from the website that you guys are are able to assist customers uh new home builders with um you know dealing with building departments and uh, obtaining building permits and i i think that's pretty that's pretty uh intense stuff well it's it's actually a pretty interesting part because Sometimes building departments aren't the best at communicating, nor do they really stick their neck out to help. Mm-hmm. Some are very good. Some are a little more limited. So, um, you know, for example, you can call some building departments and they'll say, hey, what do you need for plans? Or I'll ask, what do you what do you need for plans? They'll say, oh, just get us regular plans. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what regular plans are. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of a wide open thing. That's kind of like calling the grocery store and saying, what do you have? And they say, we have food. <laughs> you know, well, I kind of understand that. So the idea is, is we're able to talk their language. Mm-hmm. So when they say something like that, if they don't have a published list or they don't, we could talk to them and say, okay, you need plans. So do you need a foundation design? Do you need elevations? Do you need a roof plan? Do you need structural engineering? Do you need energy calculations? Do you need site plans? And suddenly it's interesting of how they open up or they transfer you to the person with the proper knowledge. And that's a key thing to it because, again, understanding the process, we're able to help the customer by asking the right questions, getting things positioned Mm -hmm. so that they, they they get the details on the set of plans for a... A quicker and easier uh, permit application and and permit issuance. So, a lot of building departments are like that. They're they're limited, but then there's others that are extremely sophisticated. But even the extremely sophisticated ones sometimes have follow up questions that are just beyond the typical person's knowledge base. So, it's not a problem for the customers. We call up, we talk to them, we work it through, and then we we get the details and get get it put together so it's easy. Um, I, what, what we have is, is a, uh, like a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. So someone could call up and say, Hey, I want to, I want to build this 2000 square foot home outside of Denver in the mountains and we can help them through the process. They don't have to understand energy efficiency. They don't have to understand rebar. They don't have to understand the different roof systems. They might want to say, Hey, I want a metal roof. 
or hey, I want a crawl space or a basement or whatever it is, but they don't have to know the technicalities of that. And I think that's how we kind of arm them with the proper information so they can go get the right bids, work with contractors properly, and Steve, most importantly, is they have a resource to call. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I think that's the best way to describe your website is that it is a one-stop shop. There's so much information on there and, and videos and text and uh, you know articles, and it's just it's a good place to, to start for sure. Um, speaking of understanding, you had talked about uh, structural design a little uh, earlier. Can you kind of go in into that process as well? Tell us a little bit about understanding uh, basic structural design. Yeah, well, the situation where people get caught up in that is a lot of people think a structural design is someone just taking a plan like the plans that you sketched or drew yourself, and you go to structural engineer and you give him a couple hundred bucks and he stamps your plans and you go in and get a permit. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe 10, 20 years ago in certain states they would do that, but now the code's pretty defined as to what needs to be engineered and the calculations and details required. So one of the misconceptions which is out there is that you just find one of these engineers well the reality is is an engineer has a code of ethics as far as what they need to do to properly design it and a certain standard of care Mm -hmm. which which is typical for the area so there's a lot of people that think oh i'll just go down to the coffee shop meet my local structural engineer get a set of plan stamp for a couple hundred bucks and and go get permit well structural engineering's changed uh considerably so in the states you know, pretty much the whole East Coast now, or you know, because of the hurricane situation around the Gulf into Texas, um, you need hurricane engineering if you're by the coast. Mm-hmm. If you're in a little, it's it's not as big of a deal. But there's a lot of places with expansive soils. Um, they, that can happen anywhere, but a lot of times it's Arizona, New Mexico, California, Texas, Colorado, and and a lot of other places. There there could be a some very expansive soils that can heave foundations. So you need proper foundation design. Of course, in the mountains, there's snow loads and and high winds. People don't always think of that. They they see pictures of the of uh, you know a lot of snow on a house. So we've got to do the structural engineering so that a house can support a certain weight. And this could be anywhere up north. This could be in Washington State. This can be in northern Minnesota, the Rockies, the Sierras. Anywhere in the Midwest, you know, there there's snow loads. The East Coast, the Northeast, there's snow load situations. And then, of course, there's earthquakes. You know, commonly, California, of course, comes to mind. you got to design your house so the, the house doesn't sh- uh, fall apart when it gets shaken. And mm-hmm. there are fault lines along the Midwest, on the East. They're just not as active and, you know, building departments don't think of it as much. Even though it's part of the code, it should be there. In certain places, you should do it. But... I think the point that needs to come across is structural engineering is an actual discipline where they go through and determine what needs to be done to your house. Mm -hmm. So let's just take a a home in Colorado. You've got winds around mountains and you've got big snow loads and potential expansive soil. You have to make sure that the house will support the snow that falls and stays on it. You have to make sure it'll be able to resist the winds that race around the mountains and you also have to make sure that the foundation doesn't get lifted up in an expansive soil situation. So it's not just stamping the plan. It's the actual design of that roof system, the beams and posts and walls that support it. 
and also the the cement foundation that supports it as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that goes into the calculations of this, defining the materials, and most importantly, actually it's all important, are the connections. So, for example, a board won't just snap, but the connection of two boards can break. Mm-hmm. So there's these metal connectors that need to be specified. So it's a lot of work. It's beyond... The idea that, oh, I just go get an engineer, have him stamp a piece of paper, and I run down and get my permit in five <laughs> minutes. There, there's a lot of work that needs to go into it. I know you guys get a lot of a lot of uh, inquiries and questions regarding interesting and unique building sites. You know, like somebody wants to build on the side of a mountain, or they want to build in, in the sand at the beach, or they want to, they're building on uh, um, some kind of big slope and... Uh, you know what how how helpful are you guys with just looking at uh, an interesting building site and 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 telling the customer the best way to go about building on that property well we we enjoy that process because uh it's it's unique it's different and and there's a lot of stuff to look at you know let me jump back to the structural engineering because this cuts into it as well mm-hmm. we've all seen the news of what happened in Mexico Beach in Florida all oh, right a yeah. bunch of houses that weren't engineered and it looks like someone just took a big broom and just swept the neighborhood out. You mm-hmm. can see the pictures online. So part of that is in the proper design. So if we take that idea, you're on a beach, you want to view the sunset or the ocean, whatever it may be. Well, there's certain conditions that have there. So you could walk out there and say, hey, I'm a sandy soil. You know, this isn't a big deal. There's a hurricane. Well, there's also a storm surge that you can't see. Mm. Okay, so when, like in that case, the winds will push the water up and it could raise the water to where the whole area floods Mm -hmm. so there's some things for code situations where it just makes sense because you you have to raise the house on a stilt to be above that that storm surge but let's just say you you were in a mountain so a mountain sloped well Mm -hmm. how do you put a house on the side of a mountain and a lot of people say well it's not a big deal i'll just step my foundation down and i'll have a, a a tall crawl space or a basement and then the question is, okay, how are you going to drive up to it? Mm-hmm. Oh, this it, now it's now it goes beyond just the house. <laughs> you got to have the driveway, and then then the fire department's going to say, hey, we have codes. We got to make sure that our truck can get in there, or our guys can get in there in the case of some form of an emergency, or hey, we don't want you to block your neighbor's house. You know their their view, the beautiful vista that that you may have. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different situations that we can help. Um, some which are plainly obvious. Hey, you're on the side of the hill. We got to build a foundation to adapt the side of the hill. Others that are very obvious, but no one thinks about. Like, hey, I'm stepping on this soil in my beautiful lot. No one thinks about, hey, what's below the ground that's going to hold my house up. So, geo- uh, geotechnical reports can be very important, and that that's where we can guide people. Because Steve, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and I think it's it's important that people have a base. Where they can call and say, hey, what do I do here? I got this great piece of land. How do I do this? How how do I know I could get water here? How do, how do I know my foundational fit? How do I know this is even in my budget? Mm-hmm. How, how do I know that this design is right? You know, how, how you know, are there are there certain things? Because sometimes people have an idea of a design and they don't realize that it just doesn't fit very well on the site it'll do an okay job but certain things can be adjusted 
to uh, to make it fit. So there's a lot of considerations, some obvious and some not so obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's a lot of places where people get stuck. They just they don't understand that there there might be a further uh, little situation to sort out. And that's where we can help them, or a phone call, a text, or an email away. And that's what we do when we design our panelized homes. Some, you know, and uh, help people through the process of site planning and designing their house so that they understand it. Obtaining a permit is very important, but knowing what you're building and understanding it and making sure that it makes sense and fits within your budget is equally or more important. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a permit and then find out you can't afford the house. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got time for another one, I've got something I wanted to bring up here, um, and that's organic design. Um you know, things like having the sun actually work for you, having the house pointed in the right direction so that you can catch a breeze or you can catch the sun at the, at the times of the day that you want. And and roof overhangs, the importance of those, something we talked about uh, on a previous episode, uh, thermal masses. Um, can you uh, talk to us a little bit about understanding organic design? Yeah, organic design is a, it's a very, very interesting concept that uh, was kind of developed and pioneered by Frank Lloyd Wright. And the the idea being that the answers to your design are in nature. So um, if you simplify a process so that's easy to understand, all of us know that if you stand by a window on a sunny day, that sun's going to come through the glass and it's going to feel hot in there. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, it'll be hotter on the inside part of the glass than it is outside at times. So the idea being is if you orient the house properly, you could take advantage of the sun in in winter. And then with the proper overhangs, you could keep the sun out of your house in summer. You can do certain things to take advantage of breezes with the proper use of windows and skylights and the proper positioning of them and the proper size. Mm -hmm. Um, Thermal masses are kind of generally masonry or concrete type of components of a house like the cement slab of a house if you have the sun coming through glass hitting a cement slab the heat is intensified so that the the cement will hold the heat that it gathers so it'll gather the heat during the day and then it'll release it at night so there's a lot of elements there and to the design the overhangs looking at prevailing winds looking at ground conditions to make sure that the design of the home is proper. So some customers choose to get very deep into it. Others just say, Hey, I like this design, you know, kind of put a couple things in there to, to take advantage of the basics. So basically it's kind of letting nature take care of, of your house through, uh, you know, the proper design. Um, you can get extremely deep into it and rooms that are just comfortable, different effects at different room sizes and ceiling heights can take and, and choosing different materials. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's 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 blending the house with nature and taking advantage of nature to 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 get the benefits of the breeze and design and and a and a comfortable house. Basically the concept is a properly designed house is going to be more enjoyable and affordable to own over time. Mm-hmm. Than one that isn't designed right. Steve, a lot of people don't realize it but a 1500 square foot well-designed home is more livable than a 2,000 square foot design that isn't as good. You know, in America, people think bigger is better, and maybe that's true. 
in some cases, but in a lot of cases, it's wasteful. Mm. So that that's uh, that's kind of the the brief overview. If someone's interested, they should get in touch with us, and we can help them at the beginning stages of the design to really, really work through the features of the home to get something that's uh, that's very unique. Mm. Well, speaking of that. Please uh, run through for us. How does someone get a hold of you at Landmark Home and Land Company? Well, we're always available to talk or email or you know text, whatever is convenient. And some the best thing to do would be check our website out. There's a lot of information, as you mentioned. It's mm-hmm. dot com, kind of the initials of Landmark Home Land Company. And the website's up all the time. There's a lot of information, good videos, these podcasts just written information and pictures. Um, They can also call us at 800-830-9788, or they can email in, uh, just email mike at lhlc.com, and Mike will be able to help you through. If you want to email me directly, uh, it's landmark at lhlc.com. And we'll do whatever it takes to, to discuss properly the project. That's there. We're just not in the business of saying, hey, here's the price of a home. We're in the business of saying, hey, this is how we can help you get the end result that you need. Mm -hmm. How to get from A to Z instead of just saying, hey, here's A, you figure the rest out. We're here to help you through the process, you know, through the complete home building process. Well, fantastic. Well, everyone, that's uh, about it for this episode of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. Once again, I want to thank the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, Steve Tuma, for sitting down with us and and going over some of these important details. Um, It's been a great show, Steve. Once again, thanks. Yeah, well, thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and uh, I hope they contact us. Maybe we can help them out. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thank you.